Welcome and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. In this week's sermon, the Archbishop explores the provision of supernatural proportions by trusting in God. Discover how to increase and edify your prayer life with the Archbishop's book, Prayer Moves God. Buy your copy today at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of revelation for you. Be empowered as you listen. All things are possible to him that believes. And to God, nothing shall be impossible. Say, I believe. And the Bible says, if thou shalt say to this mountain, be thou moved and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. I want to talk to you for some few minutes before we pray on a subject that I entitled Supernatural Provision. Somebody say Supernatural Provision. Yeah. These are not the days to live by the economy of country. You got to develop the faith and the belief in the word of God as never before as never before and I was talking to somebody the other day and said Papa do you know any prophet that can give me the word of the Lord because I need need to hear from God and I said this is not Old Testament times I said develop a personal relationship with God and I said you are the people who are putting the prophetic in a lot of trouble because you are creating New Testament prophets. You are are bringing Old Testament prophets to play the role of New Testament prophets. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, the functions of Old Testament prophets is different from New Testament prophets. Under the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was given to only three people. He came on the priest, the king, And he came on the prophet. And the prophet under the Old Testament were seers. They saw for the nation and for leadership. And we went to them for guidance. Under the Old Testament, the prophets were our guide. They guided the people, they guided the nation, and they guided the king. Under the New Testament dispensation, prophets are still very relevant. They are among the fivefold ministry gifts. The foundation of the church under the New Testament is built by the apostles and the prophets. The apostles and the prophets. We'll deal with that. So the prophetic ministry is not just something we play with. Under the New Testament dispensation, they have a very important role with the apostolic ministry to lay foundations for the church. For whatever reason, because of laziness of church members and people, we have 10 the Old Testament prophets into New Testament prophets. There's a problem with that. But it's also the lack of clarity of teachers in the church today. For instance, this altar you see in the Old Testament, God met them at a geographical location and at a place where they call the altar. This is not the altar. In the New Testament, the altar is our heart. That is the true altar, our heart. However, however, this physical altar 
is a point of contact. It's a symbol. We use it as a point of contact, as a place where we meet God. But you can meet God anywhere in the air, on land and on water. And you don't need an altar in the plane or in your house or anywhere you go to meet God. He lives within. In the Old Testament, he came upon people and it was lifted. And you have to go to Jerusalem to meet God. People travel thousands of miles to go and meet God in Jerusalem because that was a geographical location where he dwelt. But in the New Testament, he's everywhere. He's within us, he's with us, and he's upon us. Say yes. Under the New Testament, the Bible said, believe in the Lord thy God. Under the Old Testament, the Bible said, believe in the Lord thy God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. In the New Testament dispensation, the Bible never said we should believe in prophets, or believe in apostles, or believe in teachers, or believe in pastors, or believe in evangelists. He said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Then, why? Because prophets will fail, apostles will pray, will fail, archbishops will fail, pastors can fail, teachers can fail, but God never fails. But God never fails. Are you hearing me, somebody? So, under the Old Testament dispensation, our dependence were on prophets. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is given to all of us. The Holy Spirit is given to all of us under the New Testament dispensation. So in the New Testament, we are guided by the Holy Spirit and not by prophets and not by apostles or teachers or our leaders or our pastors. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Now, if you look at Romans 8, 14, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the mature sons of God. We are not led by prophets. We are not led by apostles. Under the Old Testament, we were led by prophets. Under the New Testament dispensation, the Holy Spirit is given to all. So we are led by who? The Holy Spirit. Then if you look at John 14, 15, 16, Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. And he didn't send a prophet. He didn't send an apostle. He didn't send a teacher. He gave us fivefold ministry gift to equip the saints, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But who is our guide? In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is our guide. We don't consult apostles and prophets. Should I travel or should I not travel? That is not the job of an apostle or a prophet in the New Testament. Under the Old Testament dispensation, it was. New Testament, we don't consult prophets or apostles or pastors or teachers. We consult the Holy Spirit. How are we guided and led in the Holy Spirit or in what we call the dispensation of the New Testament? We are led by the Holy Spirit through the witness of our spirit. The Bible said that the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That is Romans 8:16. He bears witness our spirit. How does he bear witness? I was dealing with a very critical situation the other day. So I asked some of my sons. I have a lot of sons who are prophets and daughters who are prophetess. So I told them, I said, I want you all to join me in prayer concerning a situation. So they were all praying. There was one, there's one among them, very, very, very sharp, very accurate. And he came to me and said, Papa, I believe that this is what God is saying you should do about the situation. And I thanked him. And I didn't go his way. I went the opposite way because I had a green light, which is the witness of my spirit, to go a particular way about the situation. He felt 
God wanted me to go the opposite. So I went the way of the weakness of my spirit. Now, somebody will say, but did he miss it? He did. So is he false prophet? No. Why not? We see in parts. We prophesy in parts. So the fact that he missed it does not make him a false prophet because we see in parts and we prophesy in parts. Now, I had to judge the prophecy under New Testament dispensation. When a prophet prophesies, the Bible says, let the others judge. So we have the right to judge prophecy. We have the right as a believer to judge prophecy. We don't just act and take prophecy because it was prophesied. We have to judge it and see if it lines up with scripture and if it lines up with the witness of our spirit. If it doesn't line up with scripture and with the witness of our spirit, we have the right not to accept it. You have to understand these things. And the reason why these clarities are very, very important is because I know I have a, I have a son, very, very powerful in the prophetic. He came to see me and he had a dream. And in the dream, he saw that he had given people a lot of share butter. And they were rising up from wheelchairs. There was a lot of healing and miracles. So he said, Papa, I believe God is telling me I should start selling share butter. And I said, no. You, your dream is very accurate, but your interpretation is wrong. So he said, what do you mean? And I said, the Bible said, when I wash my feet with butter, then the rocks will give me rivers of oil. So I said, butter stands for the riches of the word. So what God is telling you is, don't make your services, every service prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Give the people the word. And as they get to hear and know the word, it will build faith and miracles will begin to happen. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing by the word of God, not by the prophet or the apostle or the archbishop or the bishop. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I said, preach the word. Don't, be every, don't do prophetic service. Every Sunday morning I see, I see, I say, don't do that. Because if you do that, you are not building the faith of the people in the word of God. You are building their faith in, your, in you. And times changes. Men fail. When I left this church for eight years and relocated to America and put Bishop James in charge, and I was in America for eight years, the church stood. When I came, there were still people here. The church was standing. Why? Because I have tried over the years not to build the faith of the people in me. Your faith must not be in me. It has to be in Jesus. And it has to be in the word of God. The Bible says, the grass withers, the flower faded, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Our faith must be in God, because God never fails. And it must be in his word, because forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now, the reason why we need this clarity is because if we don't bring this clarity, a lot of people will walk in error and in confusion and put their faith and their trust in man. It should not be in man, and it shouldn't also be in gifts. It should also, your faith must not stand in the gifts of men. It shouldn't stand in gifts or in manifestation. It must stand in God and in the word of God. So when the time came and I have to make that decision, my other sons call and say, Papa, this is what we believe God is saying. And I have to judge what every one of them was saying. And some of them were in line with the inner witness, 
the green light. And some of them also, their words did not line up with the green light in me. So I went ahead and I did according to the green light, which is my inner weakness. And God turned the situation around. And what, 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 what is making me bring in this clarity is, if even at my level, I could have missed it if I didn't follow the witness of the Spirit. If I didn't follow the witness of my spirit, I would have missed it and it would have been a great disaster if I hadn't followed the witness of my spirit. And God is still using the office of the prophet. We will teach on the role of the prophets and the apostles. The Bible talks about the prophets and the apostles in the New Testament. They lay the foundation of the church. If we don't bring clarity, like under the New Testament, God spoke by the prophets. But in the New Testament, according to the book of Hebrews, he speaks through his son, and his son speaks through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks through our spirit. And the Bible says the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. So God will guide you and I by our spirit, our spirit, the inward man, the secret man of the heart. If you don't do this, you will not have a personal relationship with God. And there will be times when you find yourself in very critical situation, difficult situation, without a prophet, apostle, your teachers, your shepherds won't be there. And you have to take a decision. What do you do? A few days ago, I was facing a crisis situation about a particular individual. And I have to make a decision. And it was very, very worrying and very alarming. So I was very still, sitting down, and then the Spirit gave me peace. And it was not looking good physically. It was bound in the natural. Then I heard this song in my spirit. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and One of my sons, he's very strong in the prophetic. He called me and said, Papa, is everything okay? Most times when I'm dealing with things, he does. And I said, yeah, everything is fine. He said, I, I was just feeling you in the spirit that you are, you are troubled about something, but I was sensing to just call you and encourage you not to worry about it. God is working things out. And I said, thank you. But I didn't tell him. And I knew that that was the spirit of God confirming already because the spirit said to me it will be fine but physically it wasn't looking good and I had an indication of a green light in my spirit and I felt the peace of God and joy in my heart but physically it was not good it was looking bad and I'm receiving calls here and there papa and I said it is well it is well and I won't make any move. And one or two people were saying to me, Papa, you got, and I said, no, 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 no. I'm not doing anything about it. Just leave it. And within 48 hours, God turned the situation around like that. 48 hours. He turned it around and it was amazing. And I was sitting there and I said, wow. But the Spirit gave me indication 
And to confirm the indication of the green light, I heard the song I just sang. Be still and know that I am God. So that was an assurance that the Spirit gave me. And I didn't have to have any prophet, even though I have a lot of sons who are prophets, very, very sharp, that I could have called any one of them and said, you know what, this is what's going on. Uh, what is the Lord saying? What are you hearing? What are, I didn't say that. I just left it alone. Because if they are really in the prophetic, they will, they will pick it up. Because we are connected. They will pick it and they will call me. And when they pick and they call me, I will judge it. I will judge it based on scripture. And I will judge it based on the witness of my spirit. I'm not just going to act because the prophet said it. I'm going to judge it. To see if it lines up with the witness of my spirit. If it doesn't line up, I don't go with it. But that doesn't also mean I throw them away or I cast them away. If you look at impact, I have two sons who are coming, who are prophets. And they'll have this, uh, prophetic times to bless people. So you must understand that there are different protocols when it comes to the prophetic. Old Testament prophets, prophets New Testament prophets are two different things. It's not the same, but I think the mistakes that has been made is that the operation of the prophetic in the New Testament is mostly working like that of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the, the Bible said, for instance, in the Old Testament, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. By a prophet, the Lord preserved Israel. In the New Testament, the Bible said in Hebrews 7.25 that he is able to deliver to the uttermost those who came to God by him, seeing that he is able. He ever lives to make intercession. So what the Bible is saying here is that through Jesus we came to God. We didn't come to God through a prophet, through an apostle, but we came to God. He said those who came to God by him He's able to deliver them to the uttermost, seeing that he ever lives to make intercession for them. If we don't get clarity on these things, and because a lot of people are very ignorant and lazy anyway, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So you, you can see a lot of prophets who are ignorant themselves, and then a lot of believers who are ignorant themselves. So you see a lot of errors going on. And so many people get up and they attack the prophet and attack the prophetic. There is a place and a role for the prophetic in the New Testament. I believe in the office of the prophet of the New Testament. And I know the difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets. And as time goes on, we will break it down to bring clarity so that you don't go around fearing prophets. And you don't also go around insulting and attacking prophets. And you don't also go around calling people false prophets or genuine prophets. No. There's a role for them. We are led by the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And you as a believer must develop a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And know when the Holy Spirit is speaking. Some of you say, something told me. Something said. That something is the Holy Spirit. But we don't take time to, de to, de to develop a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. We want an easy way out. We just want a prophet to say, that says the Lord, then we run with it. No, no, no. This is New Testament dispensation. We consult the Holy Spirit and not prophet and not apostle and not pastors, but the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in you and wants to have a relationship with you and wants to guide you. Sometimes all he will do is to give you a song. 
Simple. A simple song. Then when you take your time and listen to the song, you will get the meaning of what the Holy Spirit is saying. And the reason is because that is one of the ways he can help you. And apart from that, he can speak and also confirm what he has told you by the witness of your spirit through a prophet or through a song, like the choir will be singing and ministering. And through the words of the song of the choir, the Holy Spirit can just take one word from the, sing, from the song to confirm something that he has already given to you in your spirit. Sometimes my message, what I'm going to preach, when I ask Ife, what are you people singing today? When she tells me what they are singing, sometimes they are off and sometimes they confirm the message. So that is how we work with God. If you don't develop the personal relationship with God, you will be in situations in life where you can run into trouble. And the Bible says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. God doesn't want us to be destroyed. That's why the Holy Spirit has come as our guide to show us all things, things to come, to teach us, and to put us in remembrance of everything he has taught us. Put your hands together and give God praise. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the Keep world and they that dwell therein. Psalm 50, verse 10. For every piece of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. Haggai, Haggai, Haggai 2, 8. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. First Kings 17, 4 to 9. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Somebody say, Feeding? Say, to feeding to sustenance and to abundance. Say, before sustenance comes feeding, and before abundance comes sustenance. Now, here was a situation where the prophet Elijah had prophesied, and as a result of his prophetic declaration, there was famine in the land. And God said, now keep this in mind, keep this in mind, and tell, turn to somebody right now, tell them, God always has a brook, a raven, and a widow of Zarephath for you before abundance. Put your hands together for that. So the first thing was, God said, I'm going to feed you by the brook. Now, the danger here is, most times, because God has done it in a particular way over the years, and we are used to God meeting our needs in a particular way or manner. We 
build this perception and have a mentality and an attitude that God will continue to do it the same way. But God is God all by himself. And God decides how to meet our needs. He decides how to meet our needs. And this time God did not use an eagle. He didn't use an eagle, nor a dove. He used a bird, unclean bird, raven. And if you study the raven, there's a lot of interesting things. You must take time after lunch and study the raven. When I looked at it, I said, God, you use the raven to feel the prophet. And that is God. He chooses to do what he pleases. We can tell him how to meet our needs. He does it his own way. Somebody say, I hear you. So he said to the prophet, go by the brook. And I don't know what you are facing in these difficult times in the history of this country and in the history of the nations of the world. There is problem of food security, farming, and scarcity. I remember doing the 1983. Things were tough. There was farming in this country. We used to queue for yellow corn and yellow kenke. It was so difficult and tough. And a friend of mine from Canada came to visit me, and he took me to have dinner with the, the then Canadian High Commissioner. So we became friends. And because things were difficult in town, there was nothing around in those days. Every month, he had a CD car and would drive across the border to Lome, stay there for a few days, and would shop, bring everything that was needed for one man to Ghana. So every month he would call me and he said, Nick, we got to go. And he would pick me up. I used to live at the airport residential area. He would pick me up and we'll go to Lome and he would give me money. And I used to save my own money and we'll go down and we'll shop, fill the tank with things to keep us for a month. And he had so much provision. I have so much provision and I had things that you couldn't find in Ghana in those days. We brought it into town, and I was enjoying like he was enjoying as a diplomat. And he was a diplomat of a nation. I was a diplomat of the kingdom of the Most High God. Are you hearing me, somebody? He was an ambassador for the nation of Canada. I was an ambassador of the Most High. The provision I had came from him, but God has to use him to provide. And who God uses is God's own business. That is none of my business. I came to announce to somebody that within this time of scarcity, God has a raven. God has a brook. God has a widow of Zarifa for you. If you believe it, put your hands together. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Somebody say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. There are two realities. God's reality, man's reality. You either believe or you don't believe. There is no middle ground. And I hear me, ladies and gentlemen, the times we live in will show who are true believers and who are fake believers. Because if you are a true believer, you have no other choice but to put on your seatbelts. It's a time of turbulence. You got to put on your seatbelt and you got to sit down tight and put on your seatbelt. It will hold you together. 
and it's just a matter of time, we'll pass through the turbulence and things will be okay. Are you hearing me? If you're a believer, you got to put on your seatbelt. You got to be in the word of God like never before. Is the word or nothing? Say yes. So stop telling me how bad things are. I feel it too. I feel it. You know, I said it in the first service. It is said that when the rich catch cold, the poor get pneumonia. And these are, these are tough times. The rich are catching cold and the poor are getting pneumonia. You know? But that is the reality, physical reality. But spiritual reality says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Put your hands together. Say yes. You see, these are not the days to withhold. These are not the days to be selfish. These are not the days to hold back. And I'll tell you why. Every embassy in this country, and most embassies, it doesn't matter what's going on with our currency and our present situations or circumstances. They are not paid by our currency. Their salary is not determined by the wages of Ghana. They are paid from a different wage. And their supply doesn't come from Ghana. It comes from outside Ghana. If men, evil as they are, and nations, unstable as they are, know how to take care of their own, how much more your heavenly father which is in heaven? Come on, put your hands together. Give God some praise. You know, when... When I was coming from the U.S., I went to London with Rosa for a few days. And there's this very nice hotel around where we live in London, the apartment where we live. So we took a walk. Beautiful day. And it's a very quiet place. And you don't find people like us there. The food is very good. And so we went in there. We ordered, we sat, we ate, we're talking. And after a while, I said to the lady, please bring the check and so we can pay. And she said, uh, someone has paid for you. And I said, someone like who? He said, I'm sorry, I don't know them. They just paid your bill for you and they've left. And it happens to us all the time. There's a nice hotel in Virginia um, called Seasons around a place called Tyson's Corner. And I've been there with Rosa a few times. They have very healthy food. And we finish eating and we'll call for the bill and they'll say, somebody has paid for your bill. It has happened to us a few times. Somebody paid for the bill. When, when we're coming to London, I didn't, I didn't have any uh, cash on me, but I have credit cards. And I don't really like using credit card because the name itself, I don't like it, credit. So uh, I, I, was raised, I was raised in Ghana, so we are not used to credit. Rosa them. Rosa, as for her, she understands credit card better than I. Me, I don't understand credit card. I just pay and I'm, I'm a free man. This thing where you use the card and they come, they start slapping you with bills every, I'm not used to that. You know, I just want to pay cash. Say cash. Yeah, yeah, I have my freedom. Uh, I'm used to that. So anyway, when we're leaving, she said, oh, you have, you have some uh, money with me. And I said, I'll spend everything. She said, no. So she gave me the envelope and 
It was money I had with it I've even forgotten. So when I got to London, I had some cash, you know, on me to spend, to do so many things. And it was a lot of cash, you know, to, to, to spend around and, and do whatever I wanted to do. And, and it's just amazing how God provides. Like, wise was in America, um, one of my sons, one of the prophets called me and he said, Papa, uh, one of your sons wants to come and see you. I said, let him come. So they drove for over four hours to come see me. And when they came, they said, Papa, we came to Ghana to see you to put a seed on your feet because the Lord spoke to us uh, to bring you a seed. But when we came to Ghana, we were told you have traveled to America. And uh, when we called, we found out you are here. So we decided to bring the seed. And they, they put a seed on my feet. And it was a heavy seed, heavy. You know? And, 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 and God bless me. Just yesterday, I had a call from another country. I mean, incredible, very interesting. And one of my... Uh, bishop, he said, Papa, uh, there's a, some uh, businessman and woman here. They've been following your ministry and they, they want to send a seed, heavy. And uh, we want to know where to send it to. So I told them where they should send it to. You know, and just after the first service, I had a text. I had a text. And he said, Papa, uh, I just transferred some money into your account. You know? And look at me. When uh, I'm saying all of this, I'm not boasting, but I want you to know that God does provide. I'm telling you. And before, before, before I travel, uh, one of the young men in my house came to me and said, somebody brought me a package, uh, one of my tailors, and I said, bring it. And it was what I was wearing, a lot of them. And he said, oh, he brought it to you for impact. And I said, did he bring a bill? He said, no, he didn't bring any bill. So I said, okay, send it to laundry, keep it down, pray about it, and I'll use it. So this morning I got up and I said, I'm not going to wait for impact. It's now. Somebody say, look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Somebody say, look at God. You know, I'm, I'm saying all of this to encourage you, to let you know that the God you and I serve is faithful. And that God does take care of his people. <clears throat> you know, there are Americans who live in this country, some in our church here. And they may have difficulties and challenge. They will go to the American embassy and the embassy will not give them money to go and rent a house. The embassy won't buy them a car and say, I'm sorry, we can't help you. But the staff of the embassy, the American government, takes care of the accommodation, gives them a car, and gives them security. They are all citizens of America. Why is one taken care of and the other not taken care of? Because the ones at the embassy they are working and committed to the interests of the United States of America. The rest are here on their own. So you can be a believer, born again, Holy Ghost filled, and still lack and still not have supernatural provision because you are selfish, you are self-centered, you are holding back, you are hoarding, you are afraid, you are thinking about security, and you are not committed to God's business and to God's cause and to the kingdom and to the ministry. He said in Matthew 6, 31 to 33, he said, seek ye first his kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. So God doesn't just supply everybody's need. He supplies the needs of those who are committed to his business. No matter what the situation is, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. 
God was committed to provide the need of the prophet. He was committed to provide the need of the prophet Elijah. Why? Because the prophet was fulfilling God's mandate, God's agenda. So God said, prophet, because you are taking care of my business, I will take care of your business. Then there was a widow of Zarephath. She had her last meal to eat and die. She went to God and said, God, I don't want to die. I don't want to die prematurely. I don't want to see my son die. I need an intervention. And God said, fine. I have a plan of intervention for you. I'm going to send my prophet your way. And when he comes to you, out of your last meal, meet his need. If you meet the need of my prophet and you help my business, then I am committed to keep you and your son alive. But if you choose to eat your last meal, even though I love you, I am not under obligation to keep you alive. You see, there are rules of engagement. There are rules of engagement. There's a way God operates. So as much as he loves you and I, there are certain things. If we, I was telling somebody that, there are things money can do and there are things money cannot do. But faith and prayer can do all things. Money is limited. Faith and prayer is unlimited. Say, I hear you. And the only way God could help the widow and the son from dying prematurely was for them, first of all, to forget their need. Forget about themselves, become selfless, and commit first to God's business and to God's ambassador. And that automatically brought them onto God's attention that God had no choice but to keep that woman alive. And the prophet stayed with her and had to eat and drink every day until abundance came to the land. And as long as she was taking care of God's business, God was also committed in taking care of her and her son's survival. So that is, the, that is the way it works. As long as when God blesses you, you blesses his house. As long as when God feeds you, you will feed his house and feed his prophet and feed his ambassadors and feed his servants, then God will continue to bless you. So the blessing is for a reason. It's not for you and your house personally, but you can enjoy from it. But the purpose of the blessing is for the ministry, the kingdom, God's agenda, his mandate, his business. That is what, you know, sometimes I'll be in a plane, sleeping, above 38,000 feet, above sea level, sleeping. And the flight attendant will come and wake me up and said, sir, sir, eminence, uh, there's a lady out here, or a gentleman here, they said you are, you are their papa. They have to talk to his agent. And I'll say, okay, let them come. Then they'll come and kneel and say, Papa, Papa, I'm your son, I'm your brother. You don't know me. I saw you moving in there when we were coming in. And the Lord spoke to me to bless you. And they'll put $5,000, $2,000 at my feet in the plane, 37 feet above sea level. I haven't asked for it. I haven't prayed for it. They'll just put it there. Sometimes I'm coming out of the plane and somebody will just cross me and put an envelope in my hand. I'll check it, $2,000, $3,000. I haven't prayed for it. I haven't asked for it. Why are you looking at me that way? Are you jealous? 
Especially you. Yeah, yeah, the way you were looking at me, I knew you were jealous. <laughs> Amen? I haven't prayed for it. I haven't asked for it. I'm just telling you. I went to Holiday Inn to use the restroom. Whilst I was entering, I saw this young man following me. It was very some way. I didn't feel very comfortable. So I just went in quickly and I entered the washroom and I locked the door. When I came out, he was on his knee with a white envelope in his hand. He said, Papa, I'm one of your sons. You don't know me. I, I wanted to give you a seat, but I saw your security. They won't let me come close. And so when I saw you entering the bathroom, I felt it was the best time to get my blessing. So pray for me. Bless me. And then I'll pray for them. I'll take the envelope, $5,000. In the toilet. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that God, eh, he can meet your need. Anywhere. Even in the bathroom. When you go to do number one and number two. He can meet you there. And bless you. I'm saying this. For you to have a paradigm shift. And stop depending on the physical reality. Because if you follow the reality on the ground, you will sink. When men are cast down, then shalt thou say, there is a lifting up. How many of you are building your own houses? Stand on your feet. You are building your own houses. You are struggling with it. You are building your own house. The Bible says, my people shall build houses and dwell therein. And another, he said, my people shall not build for another to dwell therein. I declare, even in these difficult times and in the times of scarcity, that project you have begun, you will finish it. You will finish it in record time. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you will not stop on the way or by the way. You will finish what you have begun and you will live in your own house. You will inhabit your own house in health and alive. In the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter the price of cement. You will finish that house. It doesn't matter the price of iron rocks and stones and stone. You will finish that house. In record time, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you will have abundance. Your finances will not diminish. It doesn't matter. God will make a way and you will finish that house. And you will dwell therein in good health. In the name of Jesus, if you believe it, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Put your hands down and give God some praise in the house. Please be seated. I tell you, these are the days where we will know true believers and false believers. And I know true believers and false believers by your confession and your attitude. Yeah. It's simple as that. Just simple as that. What you say tells me who you are. The way you respond to the crisis. And it's not that, it's not that I don't feel it. My responsibilities are so high. So much is on my shoulders. Somebody was talking to me in the past. Do you think we should cancel impact this year? Because the budget is so high. I said the people will beat you. He said then let, let the people pay the bills. I said, God will deal with them. God will speak to them. They are his people. He will talk to them. Amen? And the least I could do was to reduce the price of the donation for the 
breakfast at the prayer mountain because we have to dedicate the donor wall, cut the sword for the wailing wall, just like the one in Israel, in Jerusalem, and so many things we are doing there. We want you to have an experience. There will be five calls of breakfast. We're renting buses, luxury, luxurious buses, and there will be so many interesting things. And uh, Apostle Joshua will be handling the service there at the prayer mountain. So I said, instead of canceling it, let's reduce it from uh, 2,000 cities to 1,000 Ghana cities as our contribution uh, so that we can be part of this experience. But I believe God that in the mix of all the difficulties, this year's impact will be one of the best ever. I believe God in everything. In, in attendance, in finance, in wealth, in anointing, in power, in glory, in miracles. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm not feeling you at all. Somebody talk to me, talk to me. Yeah. And I believe there will be some individuals who will just sign one or two checks to take care of all the bills. I believe it. I believe it. Hear me? I, I was praying the other day and I said, Lord, Lord, I am willing and obedient. I am willing and obedient. I am willing and obedient. As soon as I confessed that, it wasn't long and I had a phone call. I had a phone call from somewhere outside Ghana. And something that I was believing God for, and I've expected for a long time, I had a call and somebody said, Papa, you don't know me, but the Lord has been speaking to me and dealing with me to do this and do that for you. And I said, thank you. Thank you. But first of all, I said, Lord, and I said, Holy Spirit, I am willing and obedient. I'm willing and obedient to walk away and give up some things. I'm willing and obedient to be selfless. I'm willing and obedient to do thy will. Against all odds and against all contradictions, I'm willing and obedient to let go anything that you want me to let go. To walk away from anything you want me to walk away from. I am willing and obedient, even if I have to be misrepresented. I'm willing and obedient. When I said we should pray and prophesy to the city to stabilize and to arrest the city, I know that people who intellectualize things, who, have, who don't have faith, who laugh about it. But that doesn't bother me. Because if Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he spoke to the wind. He spoke to the sea. He spoke to the dead. And the prophet spoke to dry bones. And they came back to life. What is wrong for me to speak to my city? There's nothing wrong. If thou shalt say to these mountains, I, thou shalt say to this city, recover. It shall be done if you believe it. All things are possible to him that believe. How many of you believe that the city can recover? Come on. You believe it can recover? You know how it's going to recover? You have to speak to the city. Professor, and people will look at you and think something is wrong with you. You see, this faith walk, eh, this faith walk, eh, is not for the wise. That's why the Bible says God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Faith walk is not for the wise. There are some people, eh, I don't spend my time arguing with them, talking to them, because they are too smart. They try to figure it out, make sense of it, intellectualize it, use logic and philosophy. I just look at them. I don't touch them. I just walk away. 
I won't touch you. I walk away. But the key here is God's reality always triumphs. That's it. Let me show you one or two scriptures and then I'll pray with you. Amen. I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's amazing how God's reality works. You know, I was in Dubai and I had a call from one of my sons in the church. He said, Papa, I hear you are in Dubai. I said, yes. He said, I want you to go to a certain shop. And I said, my friend, I came here to sleep. I didn't come to shop. I, I, I don't do shopping. You know, and Rosa will tell you, me, I don't go shopping. When I travel to a place, I just go do what I have to do and I get out. If I go to a shop, I know exactly what I want. I go, I pick it up, I pay, I walk away. And I don't spend time. And they all think that I'm, I'm weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is how I keep my anointing and my peace. I don't spend too much time. And sometimes I even go to shop to buy things and somebody just comes and pay for it for me. Simple. And he said, you have to go to this shop. You'll see some things there, Papa, you have to. So I said, okay. I went there. And the guy said, I have a credit card online for anything you want. Anything you want. You should have been there. I see you are jealous. You should have been there. Let me, let me show you some few scriptures. Come with me. Come with me. Deuteronomy 29, verse 5. And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Uh -huh. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you. Uh -huh. And thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. 40 years. They started with a particular size of shoe when they began the race. And as they grew, their shoe grew with them, on them. Still brand new, never waxed old, it never changed. Still brand new, 40 years, no shopping mall, no shoe shop, no tailors or seamstress or hairdressers. Their hair and everything was always fresh. Everything about them was intact. And as they grew, their shoe grew. Their dresses grew on them. The sizes change. As their body changed, the sizes of their dresses changed for 40 years. What are you talking about? Tell somebody, what are you talking about? Yeah. God said, check my records. Check my records. 40 years in the wilderness, you lack nothing. Look at another scripture. Psalm 78, verse 24 and 25. Very interesting scripture, 78. Look at it. And I rained down manna upon them to eat. I did what? Rained down manna upon I them. I did what? He rained down manna upon this them. This goes against all the logic of man. Against all the logic of men and the calculations of men, I rain down manna from heaven. May I announce to you, if need be, heaven will intervene. Just as nations intervene to evacuate their citizens, whenever there are crises in any nation, I'm telling you, heaven will intervene if need be. 
You know why heaven would have been? Because I'm here. And because you are here. Because we are here, heaven will intervene if need be. Say yes. You see, we, we don't understand, we don't understand God's promises and God's covenant with us. I've seen some strange things, though. I've seen some strange things. Sometimes it will rain everywhere and there is no rain at a geographical location where I am. I've seen some things and I've learned to be humble because some of the things, if you are not careful, eh, it will get into your mind and you will start misbehaving and you can sin. I'm telling you. But God is awesome. And you see, at the same time, I've had situations that I've expected God to do something about and he hasn't done anything about it. But things that I haven't prayed about and I expect I didn't, watch this, oh, things that I haven't prayed about, but I needed it, but I didn't pay attention. He does it. And I said, but I, I didn't ask you to do it. The one that I'm expecting you to do something about, you haven't done anything about it. So what does this mean? And he's just trying to tell me something. That if you didn't pray about it, and I did something about it, it must give you confidence that the one you have prayed about, I can still do something about it. But it's just a matter of time. I do it my way and in my own time. Bishop, go ahead, look at this. And I'd given them of the corn of heaven. I gave them what? The corn of heaven. Come on, talk to me, the what? The corn of heaven. That is provision from heaven. That is what you call supernatural provision. Somebody use the word supernatural, supernatural. Use the word, say supernatural provision. It goes beyond the reasons and the logic of man. You know, there was farming, there was farming in Israel, and this farming was so harsh and difficult that women and mothers, as compassionate as they are, women would kill for their children. As well as mothers, eh, if you if you're a husband eh, and you fool with your own child, she will kill you. To protect a child. Women don't play with their kids. When even the father forsook his son, and Jesus, Eli, 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 Samabatane. He said, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? When God gave up on him, Mary, the mother, was standing there. Mothers don't give up on their kids. But at this time in Israel, the farming was so strong that women decide to kill and eat their children. That was how bad it was. That was the reality on the ground. And the prophet came and said, within 24 hours, there will be a divine turnaround. 24 hours. Between now and 31st December, God will turn some things around. I'm telling you. He will turn some things around. Not man's way, but his way. Amen. So man did eat angels' food. Man what? Man did eat angels' food. Man what? Did eat angels' food. Hear me. If need be, you, you will eat angels' food. Tell, tell two people, look at two people, and said you are about to eat angels' food, so get ready for that experience. Get ready for that experience. You are about to eat angels' food. 
That is how committed God is to us, his people. He sent them meat to the full. Uh -huh. He what? He sent them, them meat to the full. You will be satisfied. Say, say divine satisfaction. You will eat and be satisfied. In the name of Jesus, if you believe it, put your hands together and shout satisfaction. Satisfaction. If you go according to the reality on the ground, you will sink. When I was in Bible school, I came from Ghana. I didn't have a family. I had nobody in Bible school. I went with a little briefcase. I came back with seven to eight suitcases. When I lived in Bible school, among the students of my time, I dressed better than everybody. Anytime they made a vow in church, I stood up, I made a vow, and I always paid my vow. I was in the choir in those days. I was evangelizing, praying for people. Whilst I was in Bible school, people were getting blessed. They were getting miracles all over the place. And they were blessing me. When they traveled, they would bring suitcases of shoes and dresses. When I came back in town, I used to dress seriously. One time, one time Dr. Otabil saw me and he, didn't, he wasn't sure if I was a man of God. Because the way I used to dress, white shoe, white socks, white tie, white shirt, white jacket, white vest. I used to dress some way, power until he heard me preach. And when he heard me preach, he was convinced that I was a man of God. But my dressing didn't convince him. I started dressing long time ago. So some of you who look at me, I'm, I started dressing long time ago. I just, I just love looking good. You know what I'm saying? Now don't look at me with that look. Come on, somebody. You too, you like dressing good. Amen. You know, and God has always been good to me. When I came back from Bible school, I had so many shoes, dresses, bless in a foreign land, a stranger in a foreign land, and yet had abundance. I started going to the school in those days to preach. In those days, that was when I met Robert Ampiakofi, Isuranaba. Bishop Dag was then in, uh, what, what do you call it? He was then in Achimota. I met them all when they were in school. And I go down there dressed in a way preaching, and they used to look at me, who is this guy? I'm telling you, and those were difficult times in the history of this country. Tough times. Military regime. I saw people picked up and killed. I saw so many things. Times of great danger and intimidation and threatening. Me, myself, I went through it. Had to deal with assassination attempts, all kinds of situations. We survived it. And I came by the word of the Lord to declare that irrespective of where we are today, we will survive this one too. We will survive in the name of Jesus. And make no mistake in the name of the Lord Jesus, this nation will not go back, will not fall back, will not fall back, will not fall back. The name of Jesus. Now, Paul said in Philippians 4.19, he said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. Now, you see, before he said that, they had given to the ministry. They'd given and blessed him 
to the point that he had no need. And he said, because of what you have done in giving to the ministry and supporting the ministry, my God shall supply all your needs according to the city, according to the dollar, according to the economy of your country. But according to what? According to what? Talk to me. According to his riches where? His riches where? Hear me. There is supernatural provision. I'm telling you, believe me. Supernatural provision. I was in London, not this trip, the other trip. Stayed in this hotel. Somebody booked it for me. And by the time I was leaving the hotel to pay my bill, someone had paid the whole bill. And if I tell you the price of it, it will blow your mind. And I call him and say, why did you do that? I say, Papa, it is my responsibility to take care of you. Apart from even your bill, I still have some money for you, some money for you to spend. Sometimes people, Papa, is there anything you need? I'm coming to you. Is there anything you need we can bring for you? You see the way you are looking at me? You are very envious. You, you are very envious. But, but, but I'm telling you all of this to assure you that if you take care of God's business and God's people, God will take care of you. Put your hands together. Believe me. Believe it. Believe it. I eat, drink, sleep, wake up night and day. All I'm doing is thinking about you. I never cease praying for you. And that's why it's important you join the tribes. Because if you join your tribe, it makes it easier for me to connect with you, to even get to know you personally. So this thing of being on your own, you are in the church, you don't belong to any group, you don't belong to even the tribe, the month you were born. It's difficult for me to connect with you. Join your tribe. It will make it easy when I meet with your tribe. I will get to know you by your name. I'll get to connect with you. And when you get to know me, you like me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, put your hands together and give God praise. Now, David said the other day, he said, I have been young and now I'm old. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Never. 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 Someone say never. Never. I want to end with that. I want to end. I know you came today. You heard Papa is in town. And you want me to give you something very deep. This is deep. Sometimes we want something deep, deep, deep. Something new. But we haven't done anything about the old one. You have to realize that God has a brook, a raven, and a widow of Zarephath for you. You have to discover it. Discover it. If I had my way, I would tell you things that would blow your mind. And there's no difference between you and I. I'm just like you. The only difference between you and I is I have decided to put God's business before me as my number one priority. And everything I do is about God's business. You have other priorities. I don't. My one priority is his business and you. You're my priority. To see you succeed. 
to make sure that I don't lose any one of you between now and 31st December and beyond, that I am not losing any one of you, that every one of you is blessed, is protected, that you prosper, you flourish, you go forward, that God makes you stronger and better than your enemies. In the name of Jesus, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Put your hands together, somebody. Scream. We know you are blessed by that word of God and look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books, and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven. Three six one five one one one. Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today, and may you continue to experience the life transforming power of God's blessings. <laughs>